Hello and welcome to the 6++ Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Welcome ladies, gentlemen and Alaris Terminators to that 6++ Show. I am your host, Tom, and I am joined today by a very special guest. I've got the one and only Jamie Balcom. How are you doing, Jamie? Um, well, thanks. Yeah, how are you doing? I am very good, yes. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah. I'm trying to get it scheduled. Um, obviously, we chatted at the Teams event, and we've been very keen to make this ever since. I'm really pleased that we're sitting down today. And I understand this is your first podcast experience. So it that's is. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, you know. It's an exclusive contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've got the rights. That's good fun. Um, so obviously, this for the for the uneducated, this is this is state of play. So what we're going to be doing today is focusing in on a particular faction. I get a faction expert, someone who knows the faction inside out, to come and chat about sort of the state of their army at this moment in time and their history with it and the overall sort of place of this army in the meta as well. And today we're going to be talking about the custodes, who are obviously the golden boys, very shiny. Very elite, um, and an army that Jamie has more than a little bit of experience because I, my understanding is that you finished number one in the world for Custodes last year. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, very kind of you, as you say. Yeah, I was uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to to end up uh, yeah top of the ITC for Custodes as well as the UKTC last year. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I, I think that's a that is not an easy thing to do ever. You know, you're fighting up against a whole bunch of players, um, and you have to put in good showings at some of the biggest and, and scariest events in the world. Um, and that culminated for you in Vegas this year, didn't it? It, it did. So yeah, I was uh, I, w- I went to Vegas in end of January mm-hmm. uh, this year, um, and that was a that was a really cool experience, um, and got to play some really cool new people over in America. And then, of course, um, that sort of sealed the deal in terms of uh, I went into that uh, as number one and that sealed the deal of staying there and uh, got to pick up a trophy, which was great. And and what was particularly great about that is that the previous year I'd been number one for Custodes ahead of Vegas. And then the new codex dropped uh, right at the beginning of the year. New codex was legal for Vegas. Loads of people took it and I got overtaken by one of the Americans. Yeah, um, yeah. So this year I was very much like, no, I'm going to Vegas. I'm playing studies. Whatever happens, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try and hold on to that. And yeah, I did. So absolutely. Really pleased with that. That can be a bit gutting, can't it? Because when you have a meta shift like that, because that book came out hot as well, didn't it? Oh, like, yeah. And so that that coincidence of just really big event, hot new book, someone who's been plugging away with them all year, that can be really frustrating and, and really difficult. And it was really weird as well, because they came out at the same time as Gene Sealer Colts, which obviously you know <laughs> they did. About. Yeah, they did. And, 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 and in the weeks leading up to it, everyone was going, Gene Sealer Colts are going to be amazing, and look at all these tricks they have, and look at all this stuff they can do. And Custodes have lost swoop dive and they've lost yeah. this and they've lost that and they're going to be rubbish and everyone <laughs> thought custodians were going to be terrible genius did a cold sweep tournament and then yeah. It couldn't have been further yeah, from the truth. Completely opposite. Experience. Gene Steeler Colt kind of whiffed. I think it's fair oh, to say they, re- they really didn't do anything. On and the Custodes were suddenly, you know, came, you know, were up in the top eight in the top final cut in Vegas. Were winning majors, and you know, then took a pretty hard, uh, took a pretty hard nerf. Uh, yeah. Not soon after that, which. Yeah. You know, no, completely right. And I, I think that always, that was a classic experience of demonstrating how hard it sometimes is, 
especially you know to onlookers to gauge quite what the raw power of something is going to be because as you say it was so easy with the custos to focus in on some of the things that they'd lost because they had lost some stuff right they'd changed the nature of how your saves work they'd changed some of your i guess some of the quite fun tricks that they'd had in eighth edition so i think people will really focus on that but they yeah. hadn't appreciated just the raw sort of debuffing power of some of the new toys that were in Whereas, that book yes yeah, swooping dive was the big one so yeah. back in eighth you could effectively charge almost kind of like a special heroic intervention but it gave you almost uh, up to a 12 inch yeah. heroic range with bikes and you counted as charging it was super fight first it'd be even charging and fight yeah, first yeah. and people were absolutely terrified of this yeah. <laughs> and suddenly that went away and it was like well hang on is this not one of the big tricks that you learn yeah. and actually it's it's one of those things that you never really relied upon. You hardly ever used it. It was only ever there as a threat. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of custodian, a lot of the custodian's book works like that. It's things that you don't actually use. You just have to have it to be able to say to your opponent, "I can heroic intervene, so you're yeah. gonna stay this far away from me," and they will. Yeah, I think I think that's a really interesting segue into sort of the overall character and nature of Custodes as an army, right? Because I guess I guess that again that that think certain things with them have stayed the same across editions, and they are they are this quite stoic, objective holding, combat centric kind of army, and it feels to me like they're quite a sort of control army in certain ways as well, right? With the various ways they can swerve your opponent's efforts to engage with them. But I guess for the listener, would you like to elaborate how you see them and their sort of ethos as an army in general? general so i think i think a control army is a pretty fair way of describing them i've mm. almost seen them in the past as kind of like a trading army but it's a very yeah. very elite trading army you're not trading mm. unit for unit you're trading multiple units at a time <laughs> yeah. for one of yours yeah. yeah yeah um and i think the thing is is that for me custodians have always been about a, some really critical point in the game mm-hmm. your opponent puts a big charge in or a big effort in to kill a unit you pop some strats, make some good rolls. One guy survives on one wound. It's always one wound. <laughs> You've got an upset guy on an objective, and suddenly that's you know stuffed up your opponent's secondary. It's got you another four points of primary. That guy's scoring your primary for the rest of the game, and 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 you can kind of put I've you know put down twenty point swings in a game when you look back and you go down to that one guy surviving on one wound. Yeah, um, and a lot of people who've played custodies will will be very familiar with. Yes. One guy on one wound. It's oh yes, always happens. But at the end of the day, the you know custodies they're fifty points a model typically you're starting. Yeah. So that, that one wound is worth fifteen to twenty points. So it's still oh, yeah. more than most models. So it's kind of it's 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 um, and that's the thing. They are a really elite army. Every model you lose hurts. When you're starting yeah. to roll four ups into damage three weapons, and you know you've got five dice to roll, and suddenly four of them come up fails that hurts that that slight variance swing and the number of times i've had people shoot you know three melter guns say into three custodians and i've gone this should be fine they're not going to hit with them all or they're not going to wound with them all and even if they do you know statistics says one guy survives because i shouldn't fail three four ups yeah and you do and they all die and that's a unit gone and that was probably a throwaway set of shots and suddenly there's an objective you're no longer holding because you don't have loads of units you don't it's not like oh i've got a second unit i can now shove onto that objective you know that that was your flank was those three guys um so it can be really punishing um for those that little variance in the dice but at the same time if they kill nothing then that's you know some high heavy firepower that's just yeah not done anything yeah so it, can it, can be, it can be frustrating both to you and to your opponent really that that the, those those four up saves 
Yeah, I, I always think the four-up game is exactly like that, right? You have those games where it's just miraculous and it can yeah. turn whole games with how well it goes. You can also have games where you just can't make a four-up to save your life. And it does make things a little bit swingy. That experience of sort of going into Custos and that being how you lose the game, I'm very familiar with. They are one of those armies that eventually you feel forced into committing onto something. You're trying to get them off an objective. You're trying to kill a unit. And as you say, if you undercommit or you get caught out by the debuffs and the tricks they have so many ways to turn that into their victory, right? They take your attack and they turn it into their counterattack. And, and they're, they're very, as I say, they've, they've got a real, a really strong counterattacking and control game off the back of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is a really uh, interesting thing. How, how long have you been playing them for, Jamie? So I I used to play guard. I, I, I've been a long-time guard player. And in fact, mm. you ran into my guard. At, I uh, did, I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> team tournament. Um, and I, back in eighth, uh, the way you, you could run guard was you took mostly guard and then you took some blood angels characters and you took three shield captains on bikes Yeah, and you, you gave two of them three up in runs and, and, and you ran around with these three pretty tough to kill dudes flying all over the board and having loads of fun. Yeah. So that, that was my, those were my first custodies. Ah, models. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I then actually started playing custodies as an army sometime into ninth because, um, I mean, it's no, it's no coincidence that the three armies I have are those, those three armies used to run, run. So the three main armies I collect are Guard, Blood Angels, Custodes. Yeah. Um, so going into the beginning of ninth, Guard weren't in a great place. No. Blood Angels weren't in a great place. So I had these Custodes models. I had some more stuff that I'd sort of picked up at around the same time in case I ever wanted to build a Custodes army. Mm. Um, and so I went, okay, let's go for it. They, they, they felt like they were in an okay place. They weren't top of the meta, so I wasn't worried about them getting knocked down to uh, you know, a really bad place anytime soon. They they placed all right. They seemed like, you know, they were fun to play. Small model count was attractive. Yeah. Um, I'm not the world's best painter, so, you know, small model count's always a win. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that so I guess I, I can't remember exactly when that was, but that would have been about when tournaments opened up as yes. we came out of COVID. Yeah, um, was when I started. And it was like London Open in I guess twenty one probably that I first sort was the first sort of event I took custodies to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love the playstyle, and it's you know yeah. it's um, it's uh, yeah I kind of custodies of what what have taken me from being like a player who would reasonably expect to go three two at an event to now probably more consistently 4-1 yeah. and push for yeah. 5-0. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that's, really that's kind of my history with Custodes. I've been playing them almost exclusively since that point in about 2021. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say because obviously I've, you know you're, you're one of those names as you say you do well and, and you know, the name pops up and I've, I've obviously obviously we're always looking over how people are doing and what they're running and you you and Custos have been inseparable for most of sort of the post pandemic sort of years really right it's been yeah. it's been them in lots of different forms you know, dreadnoughts have come and gone bikers yeah. and troops different builds and so I think you're really well placed to sort of explain to the listeners the ways in which they they have evolved and continue to evolve which is obviously something we're going to try and do today um so i think let's let's start there let's think about um the shift into this new era this arcs of omen meta that we're currently in what did you as a custodes player obviously you've just come off the back of running them you've got a new season in front of you as you see it what have been the key sort of things influencing the the changes in the way custodes have started to play and the way they're being used now in arcs of omen so the, the thing about what happened between Nephilim and, and Arcs for Custodes is that if you uh, forget about the meta around them, Custodes got strictly better. And I think they're yeah. probably one of the few armies that got strictly 
improved. You know, Space yeah. Marines got lots of improvements in points, but they lost Armour of Contempt. Um, Abnek, I guess, got strictly improved, but you don't really see them. No, uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, has got strictly improved, and what they got is they got back um, they got back Obsec on non-troops. Uh, they didn't get it back on characters, but they got it back on all their effectively all their uh, infantry that wasn't characters. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some slight changes to I, I think some uh, some of the Sisters of Silence units got five points cheaper. That wasn't mm-hmm. a big deal. Uh, and they got back their ability to use multiple times per game two pretty key strats, uh, one being um, Emperor's Auspice, which turns off all re-rolls against the unit for a phase. Mm. Um, and for Emperor's Chosen, their um, trait, uh, sort of trait-specific strat, uh, which lets you become another shield host for a, for a, a command phase to command phase, that... Mm had previously been uh, nerfed to once per game, and that came back to being uh, as many times as you like as you had command points for. Mm. Um, And so it's not that anything that you took in Nephilim has got strictly worse. Mm. It's that other stuff has come and overtaken it, but also the meta has changed around it. Um, there's, you know, Space Marines now have a million melter guns. And <laughs> they do, yeah. <laughs> dreadnoughts in, you, you can only make so many four-up inbuns or five-up inbuns on your dreadnoughts, and at the end of the day, a D6 plus two damage weapon is going to hurt, even with minus one damage, even with a six-up feel no pain. Yeah. Um, and so I think we've had to sort of move away from that, but also the fact that suddenly we've got so many more options. So, like, you look at Wardens are a really great example Mm. of a unit that were great for a bit because they've had the old bodyguard rule and they're I think they're defensively they're strictly better than um the other troop the other sort of book sure. troops choices. Yeah. They then got the double nerf of uh, the bodyguard rule became pretty irrelevant and especially to custodies that already had a slightly improved base character protection rule mm. and they lost obsec. So suddenly there was now this point where there was absolutely no point in taking wardens. You would you would strictly take um, normal custodies guard or shield yeah. guard over them. Yeah. And then suddenly they've had obsec back, and now actually they flipped back to suddenly now I I, I would say they're they're better than yeah. those. And and, that, and that's kind of all it all it took to flip between yeah. the correct unit to take the worst unit to take. The correct unit to take. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they, they have a six up feel no pain wardens, don't they? They do. And Which that, just and throws off multi damage so badly. Like, it's so uh, it's so important against damage three because yeah. it's just that ability to yeah, no sell. I mean uh, on average it never works out this way. I hasten to add <laughs> I wish it did. But on average yeah. you should, it should take two three damage shots to kill a warden. Yeah versus one to kill a normal guy on a failed save which is Um, they also get an extra attack and they you know they do have the bodyguard rule even if it's not as good so i mean there are reasons to take them yeah um so yeah um and then you know terminators have come back then atari suddenly you've got units with a 12 inch move with obsec and that's really interesting all of a sudden yeah um so all these units that you kind of wouldn't really look very hard at before because Mm. they were just overshadowed and it was like if you were going to take stuff that wasn't obsec you might as well take dreadnoughts yeah um now kind of comes back in and Mm. so the the you know my latest the army I've been running most recently has no dreadnoughts in 
uh, no bikes in, um, whereas before that was kind of what you were taking. So it, yeah, it yeah, has absolutely. been uh, a complete shift. Yeah, um, so it's going to move really towards the foot infantry, who obviously all have so much more play with the obsec. Bringing, I guess, brings a knife into all of them, right? And the thing is, it's because everything. It's because those things have got better, and that means yeah. that the army has got better going into arcs. We are in yeah. a better place in the meta now. Yeah, um, a lot of armies have got better going into arcs. So, in some ways, it's you know, it's not all improvement over no. the meta, but I'd say we are. You know, you'd see us higher up now, some sort of tier ranking of factions than you would have done back in Nephilim. Yeah, I, th- I think being able to one to the sort of defensive debuffs again, because oh, this, yeah. was, this was a big part of what made that book so powerful on release, right? The ability to sort of essentially just shut down enemy efficiencies, force them onto big units that aren't going to be able to, you're not going to yeah. push sort of efficient damage through. And and I think reviving that game for Custodes is essential. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in a game that's become very destructive and very shooty, you know, even since when they were last strong, I think being able to turn those things off is crucial, right? Well, at the end of the day, if you park a unit down, a toughness five, four up in one, two up base. If that's, re- I mean, that's often not relevant, but if it is, mm. it is. Um, three wounds, six up, feel no pain if you're taking wardens, and then the ability to put transhuman on them as yeah. many times as you have CP4, uh, turn off all rerolls, hit wound and damage. Uh, you know, that some units rely on that. You know, you think about Space Marine Chapter Masters, oh, Lightning so Claws. Yeah. yeah. Um, other factions obviously have you know huge reliance on on rerolls in certain cases. GSC it, certainly do. I played against Cassos the other day, and it, it hurts the se- seismic cannon shooting so badly. Like, and so it, yeah, badly. yeah, it's it, it it can be a real you know, and it's you know they're not the only uh, army that have a no reroll effect. You know, Death Guard have had sort of had access to it for a while, but as I understand it, you have to construct your army quite specifically. Yeah, get hold of that and it's an aura and it's not Completely. everywhere and the ability for me to be able to just turn it on when i want it that's the killer thing. that's yeah. that's the killer and you you've got you, you get people with their lightning claw tur- uh lightning claw uh squads and it's like well do they they do they try and split them up with these vanguard vet squads into two different places yeah. and only activate it in one place and it just forces people to play yeah. differently yeah, it's that um, control dimension again, isn't it? Because again, yeah. your opponent's sort of being herded. You know, you've got the power to herd them away from particular blocks because they see what look like obvious opportunities and they know it's a trap. They know that their efficiencies are going to get cut yeah. off and the, the lengths they'll go to to get around it can sometimes just make armies behave in ways they don't want to behave as well. And as I kind of said earlier, just because you don't get to use a strat doesn't mean it wasn't oh, worth no. having. If, <laughs> oh, no. if your opponent plays differently because you have something they play in a way that they otherwise would prefer not to have done or there's something else they would have preferred to have done and they're not doing it because of your strat you've achieved an advantage it's massive it's massive yeah and in my experience what happens if you don't bite the bullet and get stuck in is all you're doing is they're saving because those players just building up a big nest of cp for when it's even more important later on right they're like yeah you don't have to bite i'm still going to be here and waiting and i'm going to have even more cp for my defenses i i played a game a couple of weeks ago at an event and i got into double digit cp oh, oh. imagine um, having that back that's so that's, nice and, you know I'm, I'm starting i think i was starting on three or four before yeah. the game began and I, it was just three turns where i didn't spend a cp yeah 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 and of course you've, you've got excellent regeneration with with trajan right he yeah. brings it back you're, you're one of the most sort of cp i guess you, you you've always got good access to it, which again you know it's appropriate right that you know they're, they're elite units they should always have access to their sort of command resources but it, yeah as i say it creates this massive problem where 
those defensive debuffs, the intervention tricks, all of the various interrupts, all of these different ways that punish you for engaging Custodes if you don't bite the bullet and try to engage them. And it's, um, it, they just build up. It's a big change because in Nephilim, you know, I was taking Helverins with my Custodes and I didn't care that I was spending three CP. I started the game in with my sort of, as, as the Nephilim army I'd sort of come to started on zero CP because yeah. you didn't need them. During yeah. the game, they were useful. You'd use them for occasional things where it was helpful. Plus one to wound somewhere was nice, or mm. you know, exploding sixes, or sorry, auto wounding sixes on your armatures or whatever it might be. But there was no way you really needed it. Um, you like to build up some for an interrupt or for a heroic, but um, you didn't need it early doors. And now, my current build, I think, I, as I say, I think I'm starting on three or four. Yeah, and I've I've cut back explicitly cut back on relics that I'd really like to be taking warlord traits I'd really like to be taking in order to make sure that I start the game on as sensible number of CP um, to be able to get some of those strats out the door turn one even if I'm going second yeah um it protects you right it protects you in an environment that's often looking to sort of put you on the back foot straight away it just means you're insured against those kinds of early early offensives yeah no absolutely yeah um I guess one point of curiosity I have is that it looks as a casual observer it looks like the actual um shield hosts being run has diversified a little bit in Arc oh. Suburban, right people are trying different things and I guess I'm curious what if you'd like to comment on sort of one one or two of the sort of the new options that have sprung up and why you think they work and what sorts of things people are trying yeah so I mean before uh, in, until recently, Emperor's Chosen was sort of the go-to shield it, it host. It was almost always the one you saw, right? And yeah. it's really interesting that that is the shield host that has explicitly got better because its really good stratagem has got unnerved. Yeah. And yet these other options now feel even more viable. Yeah. And the reason for that is that, so the six shield hosts and a killing shield and dread host, I kind of just don't rate. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think they give you anything that you can't kind of get access to in other ways to the army. Mm. So you can kind of put them to one side in, in my view. And you're left with four shield hosts. And Emperor's Chosen and Shadow Keepers are both good shield hosts and they will work with a random custodian's army. You could you can put together whatever custodian's units you have and they will be good traits for that for that list. Yeah. Um the, the, big, the big thing that's happened is that you've got um, Emissaries, Imperatus, and Solar Watch. But the thing is, they're good, but they only work with certain builds. Yeah. And the builds that they work with tend to be infantry heavy. Yeah. So it's the fact that suddenly the infantry have got good again means yeah. that those builds are now viable. Really amps them up. If, yeah. You know, you can't, you couldn't, if you took the, the, the Dreadnought list, you know, that some of the Americans were taking, like nine Dreadnoughts and Trajan and nothing else you know, and gave and put that into, um, I don't know, um, emissaries. I mean, it would, it's not terrible, but it, it, it's a waste of emissaries. There were better shield hosts to go into. Yeah. Um, so it, it, those two shield hosts, you have to build for them, mm. but the builds that you have to build for them are now better and good yeah. critically. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think it's kind of Emperor's Chosen and Solar Watch up there fighting now for the best yeah. shield host. And I still would say, if you get, if you gave me, if someone said, I've got a custodies list, I'm not going to tell you what's in it, what shield host should I go? I'd just say Emperor's Chosen. It's the safe option. It's mm. a good option. But if you've built right for it, I think Solar Watch is really powerful at the minute. Mm. 
What is it about SolarWatch that has brought it into competition, do you think? What, what, what tools is that offering you at the moment? So the big thing about SolarWatch is, that there's a war, is the, the trait-specific Warlord trait is basically that you can give an infantry unit advance and charge. Very nice. And it has yeah. to be infantry. <laughs> yeah. Because bikes with advance and charge would be... Nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so suddenly you can now take a brick of 10 Wardens, 10 Shield Guard, whatever it might be, and advance and charge them. And yeah. Solar Watch are also getting, they're getting plus one to advance and charge. They can double up on the Katars that let you roll 2d6, pick the highest for the advance. Uh, so you've got a brick okay. of 10 Wardens that's moving seven plus 2d6, pick highest inches, which is often coming out around 12 inches. Yeah. And then charging with plus one. Yeah. Um, as opposed to moving six and charging normally. Yeah. So that's massively increases your threat range. Mm. um by about effectively about seven eight inches um and they also have a full back and charge which is great because yeah. the last thing you want with so with small units is occasionally if you whiff and you don't quite kill something and you're now trapped in combat and can't get into what you need to and yeah. you've got that can be really frustrating so full back yeah. and charge is great it's really useful yeah. but advance and charges is the thing that is Absolutely. i think really important yeah, because it just it just helps. Okay, in a world in which you're scaling down on some of the quicker units, it yeah. makes sure that the foot guys can cover the board. And on those great big blobs of of you know of like ten guys who count as two models each for objectives, that's that's so much mission play suddenly. Isn't and, it? and you can do it with Venetari as well. So oh, of course, yeah, you can move them. You can advance them twelve plus. You know, again, well, thirteen plus two d six pick higher. So that's yeah. often, as I say, coming out to about uh, eighteen odd inches. Hmm. and then charge and that means you can legitimately get first turn charges off yeah yeah, um, yeah you have to keep the guy with the warlord trait within six inches of them uh at the beginning of the charge phase mm-hmm. but the fact you only have to be you don't have to be wholly within you i think you just have to be within so you just you string them back and you in you can legitimately get a first turn charge off and on some of the missions where you've got objectives near the front of enemy deployment zones you can legitimately take a, effectively a home objective off someone, yeah. home one, and the Venatari aren't going to survive. It's not. No. They're not going to sit there forever, but you're starting to cause problems in your opponent's deployment zone, turn one. Yeah, and that just lets you stage the rest of your army. That's it. The rest of the rest of the army can close. No, that that makes a lot of sense, and that certainly helps to explain one of the reasons that Venatari have made a comeback, right? Because yeah, being able to throw something in that's causing a lot of problems again with an army that can say, well, yeah, you can get rid of them, but you're going to need twice as much stuff as normal because I'm going to make it twice as hard. Um, that's, it's just it's yeah, just a twelve-inch move. I don't think you need to take them as solo watch. I I would take Venatari now and then push chosen. Yeah, you'd still you'd still run them regardless. Because- because they're obsec and yeah. they they move twelve, but when they're not obsec, this is the thing: is that Custody's small model count, you can't necessarily rely on killing the unit that you're mm. charging in with things like Benatari or um, even bikes. Sometimes, yeah. you know, against big against tough units, they won't kill it. But you're relying on killing enough, surviving enough, and outnumbering, counting as two, to hold the objective. Yeah, um, and you need obsec to be doing that in in a lot of cases. Absolutely, and obviously, yeah, you, you know, you say that Empress Chosen remain really, really relevant and re- and really useful. So, I, do you want do you want to sort of unpack the the key things that make that so? I mean, they're obviously a more known quantity, but it's still it's still useful. I think to think about yeah. why that why those are still valuable. Well, the reason Empress Chosen, the main reason I've I struggled in the past to move away from Empress Chosen mm-hmm. is mortal wounds hurt. 
Yeah. And then medical chosen give you a four up feel no pain against it. Yeah, which is the amazing. rest of the army gets a six up feel no pain, which is nice, but it's not it's, it's not, not the, same. A, the big difference. You know, you go yeah. up against Thousand Suns, Grey Knights, um, other armies that you know there's lots of other armies that do mortal wounds and go yeah. kind of notice that they have it. But you think about things like Kazakhin bombs now and yeah. stuff like that that are spitting out mortal wounds mm. and suddenly having that four up feel no pain makes a big difference. And the reason mortal yeah. wounds suck is that each of our wounds as custodies so cost a lot more than yeah. a wound in a guard army, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, wound in the guard army is, what, six points, and a wound in the custodies <laughs> army is 15, yeah. 20 yeah. points. So you're just feeling that so much more, yeah. Um, so the fact that you can kind of halve that, and then suddenly, actually, it's two mortal wounds to do 15, 20 points worth of damage, now it's kind of seven, seven and a half, ten points per mm. mortal wound, you're back on par with those yeah guard or marines or whatever which is which is where you want to be so that that's really that for me that's the key reason for emperor's chosen Mm. but there's other good things about them um the other half of their trait is um uh what's it called up what people have commonly called artisans of war Um, oh yeah i'm sorry yeah yeah one wound one hit or one wound uh re-roll per activation on a small model count army that's great bikes you know you're doing three shots with missiles hitting on twos often wounding on twos or threes kind of only one reroll that's really big Um, and also their their strat I've kind of mentioned this before it lets you be lets you put a unit into any other shield host's traits command phase to command phase which is brilliant Um, often you're putting something into solar watch because that's where having on demand access to fall back and charge is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the past, back in the early days before it got nerfed, I would shove a unit down the board and put them into shadow keepers, for example. Yeah. I know and hate that one. Yeah. (laughs) Minus one attack. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you want to charge, I'm blunting that charge. Um, So that's really great. Their warlord trait isn't bad. Emperor's chosen. Mm. Um, it's probably not one I'd say now take given the restriction that given you now want your CP yeah. and you have less CP. Um, and like most of the relics, uh, unfortunately, most of the shield host specific relics, it's uh, not worth talking about. I don't even know what it yeah. does, but I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's interesting. I mean, relics and traits is an interesting direction because as you say, due to the, the new economy, as it were, of, of Arcs of Omen, it sounds like you've had to make sacrifices there. So I'm, I'm curious as, as a custodes player, what, what, are the, what are the things that are still worth shelling out to take? What sorts of toys do you like to buy pre-game now um, that, that you think actually still bring a lot of value? So, I mean, I, it's, the new economy is kind of, yeah, it's, it's Arts of Omen for Custodes specifically. Obviously, we've had six CP about for a little while now. Yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of alluded to. You didn't really care pre-Arts of Omen because you didn't need them. You were happy to spend all six. Um, now you need to conserve them. So so in that, in that new economy, I guess, um, the useful things, um, Trajan pays for himself and his Warlord traits are absolutely worth taking. Yeah. So, you know, he gives you a CP, you spend it immediately to give him some Warlord traits. Um, yeah. And I, I can never see a situation where I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, I think uh, I love Castellan's Mark. I think it is an absolutely fantastic relic, and I have put it in pretty much every one of my lists where I could fit it mm. um, since the book came out. And what does Castellan's Mark do? So Castellan's Mark, and in fact, it's, it's, it used, there was a version of this in the eighth book. Oh, right. It lets you redeploy now two custodies oh, units. Yeah. That's massive. That's just a small model count army. Yeah. And and as you know, as you'll probably know, and some of your viewers will probably be aware, if you play it right, 
redeploying two units lets you re effectively redeploy four. Because yeah. in your head, if you think, okay, this is my uh, plan for a defensive deployment, assuming I'm going second. This is my plan for an aggressive deployment, assuming I'm going first. If you put two units in those sort of aggressive stances, uh, uh, two units in the defensive positions, then you can switch whichever two units yeah. to suit, and you've effectively got four units worth yeah, of adjustability. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a brilliant relic, and I, I take it all the time. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you're taking Solar Watch, Sally Forth um, is the Warlord trait, which is that's the advantage. Yeah, very that, useful. That yeah. goes without saying. Shadow Keepers have um, a couple of things that I think are really important. Shadow Keepers, Stasis Oubliette, I think, is a fight last. Mm. Lock Warden uh, ignores him, runs against characters, which is really great on, a, on yeah. a character killer. So if you're kind of go leaning into Shadow Keepers, I think you probably want to be paying for some of those traits. Yeah, they still bring a phenomenal sort of melee shutdown game, don't they? They're, yeah. very, they're very good at specifically that, but maybe not quite as flexible as, as um, some yeah um and then i mean one of the things i used to i had in my nephilim list and I, i'd love to do but i just can't afford the cp mm. at the moment is um i i love the blade wizard uh blade champion of course um, <laughs> yeah yeah shining herald yeah <laughs> you, you put a five up feel no pain on him and you give yeah. him the eagle's eye which is a, a relic for a once per game single phase three up in run at a point where you take a save oh, so you can wait yeah. till you have to take the save see how many saves you're going to take and, and declare it super and nice. that just lets you with him completely no sell i mean pretty much anything up to bellacor um <laughs> once you've put no rerolls on him transhuman on him he he intrinsically has trans hitman so yeah. I mean, you can basically, yeah, you're, you're basically just not survive through that. anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bellacorn might get through, but <laughs> you know, anything else is isn't. And then, and and then you've you've completely no sold something, and then he hits back like a truck. So, yeah. um, so that's kind of useful. I think I think you can survive without those things on him. You just have to be a bit more careful with him. He won't yeah. without those relics on him and relic and warlord trait. He won't survive quite as much. Mm. But he's still, he's still, you know, he's still custodian's character. He's still got a four pin run. He's still oh, got definitely. a truckload of wounds. No, he's 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 absolutely awesome, and it's also a lovely model, right? It's just a really fun yeah. piece to have out the blade champion. I, mean, um, I think. We, I guess, we, sorry, after you. I was just going to say the only other warlord trait I think I think I would I would take at certain points in the meta, but maybe not right now in the meta. So yeah. I used to take um, uh, impregnable mind, which is a um, a single plus one to your role deny on a character. So character can yes. deny with plus one. And yeah. that was really useful because the number of times that you had players with a little bit of psychic smattering in their army come and ask you, do you have any denies in your list? And if you said no, they would just take warp ritual or me yeah. mental interrogation. And as soon as you told them you had a plus one deny, they either wouldn't take that secondary or they would and you'd probably deny it. Yeah, they're not, they're not having it all their own way. Yeah, absolutely. And that made a big difference. So just having that somewhere is, is great. But right now, with the way they've changed mental interrogation, the way that psychic heavy armies generally aren't doing so well, I just as, as a meta choice, I don't think I'd spend the points on. Them. No, absolutely. I think I think that's right. I think I think psychic shenanigans and, and mortal wounds to a lesser extent as well are, are a little bit on the down, which I think is what's freed up this experimentation. Yeah, right? I think yeah. I think I think that's really true. Yeah. Okay. I mean, let's we're, we're, again. We're, we're heading towards the meta now, and I think this is where I'm really interested to pick your brain because obviously, 
as as we've sort of alluded to, custodes are in a strong place where things have improved, but they are also in a meta where a whole bunch of other stuff has been juiced up and lots of other things have been thrown into the mix. So I'm curious, maybe if you want to elaborate a little bit on a couple of the sort of the good matchups, the, the, the sort of the, the, the threats out there that you think custodes have good play into and why that is, and maybe one or two of the challenges as well. Yeah. Um, so... My experience on this is, especially in Arx, is a little bit more limited. Um, yeah. The last event I was at, I uh, ended up playing against Custodes three times out of five. Oh my so, word. <laughs> so I'm very experienced in the newer match right yeah. now. But in terms of like anything else, um, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, a lot of the historic things that we're good against, we're still good against. Mm. And a lot of the historic things we're bad against, kind of probably still not great against. Mm. Um, so Gene Steeler Cult is something we've, Custodians have historically had quite a good matchup into. Okay, yep. We turn off quite a lot of yeah. the specific tricks. That's I'd still take Gene Steeler Colt as a good matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Angels has always been one of the most frustrating matchups for me <laughs> because yeah. I'm used to hitting things on twos and wounding things on twos. And as soon as you tell me I can't do one of those two things, I get quite angry. <laughs> um, and so, so you know, they're either. They've got this, you know, Raven Wing and you can't hit it yeah. or whatever it is. And, and then, the, the minus one damage um, banner is a real pain yeah, as well for well, all your damage too. Anything with minus one damage is a big problem for a lot yeah. of Custodes builds. And it's why I was taking Helverins in the old build and I'd still right. absolutely consider them because mm. three damage is so, so much better than two damage. Yeah. And I, I saw people saying, oh, well, Helverins and Caladius isn't doing the maths. They work out about the same um, against all these different targets. And I'd go what happens if you add minus one damage into the mix? Because that's that's why you're taking the three damage Helverins, and that's why I was paying three CP for them uh, back mm. in uh, Nephilim, was mm. because against minus one damage, uh, three damage is over twice as good as two damage. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so anything with minus one damage is a problem. Death mm. Guard, therefore can be a bit of a struggle, mm-hmm. but they're not in a great place. So no, they're not, they're you can, not generally, right now. You can yeah. generally push through it. Um, Redemptor Dreadnoughts suck, um, <laughs> as I discovered recently. Um, as we we've, we've said, Dark Angels. Um, mm. Harlequins are probably still tricky. Yeah. Um, they're fast. They're hard to hit. Um, they they don't play the four-up in-run game anymore, but they still play an in-run game. Um so yeah, those those are the things that we probably struggle into. As I say, Genes do the cult we're good into. Marines generally we're quite good into. Yeah. You know, dreadnoughts aside, because we have the perfect marine killing profile. Mm. AP three damage two is generally the name of the game yeah. with custodies, which is what you want against marines. Exactly. Yeah. Um what else would I be happy to see? Um <laughs> Depending, if you've taken like a more balanced Emperor's Chosen list, knights are typically okay. Okay, um, you can norm you can normally outbody them. You can you're you're great in combat against them. Yeah, um, and they kind of have their second game kind of demands that they come near you as well, right? They sort of have to come to the middle, yeah. which is your territory. <laughs> Emperor's Chosen lets you double up on Rendax, which is basically the vehicle monster killing. Oh, okay. So yeah. it lets yeah, you yeah. get two turns of every six to hit auto wounds, and that's obviously really big. Mm. Um, and you've got access, you've just got access to strats and stuff that can help you get through nights. Mm. Um, so, and, and you're quite survivable into them because they have low, they typically have low shot output and the way to kill custodies is you make them take lots and lots and lots and lots of saves. Yeah. Um, 
you don't make them take exactly the number of saves that would kill them because I promise That's you, if you do, we'll do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, I had, I had a role the other weekend, you know, I had, I had last weekend, I had the situation where I lost the three man unit to the three shots. And then in a different game, I rolled nine, four up saves and made them all. And it's just like, That's you, you can't legislate that, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. And in terms, in terms of sort of particularly, um, challenging matches is, is guard an issue where do you feel i mean so you know guard very well is guard a problem for him i i don't know i haven't played that the thing is i haven't played that matchup so i'm yeah i'm not a hundred percent certain i don't think it's great because no. they have a lot of damage straight and damage damage yeah, free, yeah. um isn't really what you want to be seeing mm. I feel like, so if I was going to come up against it with my Solar Watch build that I've been trying, I feel like I'd maybe be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it really comes down to, you probably end up at some point parking your army in the center of the board and the guard army either blows it away or it doesn't. Yeah. And I haven't really run the maths on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it would, I think it would come down to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you, don't, you know, certain things that guard a bogeyman for, but you don't care about. You don't really care about the fact that you can't deep strike within 12 inches of them if yeah. they want. And you don't uh, really care. I mean, their combat is just a complete non-issue. Mm. Um, their, their shooting output obviously hurts. Mm. Um, so, but then again, you know, you think about the plasmas, you know, they're AP4. Anything above AP2 is kind of wasted against you. Yeah. The yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. profile into custodies is AP2 damage three, otherwise yeah. known as an armature helvet. Yeah. Um, so, or they're kind of AP1, AP2, but whatever, they're, they're really good. Um, so, guard is interesting. It's something I need to try. It's something I need yeah. to see. Yeah, no, for sure. I'd, I'd be interested to see how it goes again. It feels like they have certain things they rely on, which, again, your debuffing definitely hurts. And as you say, it probably does come down to being able to take a hit on the way yeah. in and then do a huge amount of damage but but something actually i'd say is really critical to the matchup and it's a kind of topic in and of itself is secondaries so god yeah, that's exactly good, where i was going to go next yeah yeah <laughs> have good secondaries yeah lots of armies have good secondaries custodies do not have good secondaries. no yeah and so that's that's a really interesting point because this has been true pretty much the whole time in ninth hasn't it since yeah. they since they came through and i guess oh, i'm curious yeah. again you're you're you know you're an expert with the army secondaries are a bit of a weak spot what what kinds of options do you have and how do you mitigate that as custodies player so custodies obviously like everyone else they have three secondaries mm-hmm. um one of them i have never taken um <laughs> it is as far as i'm concerned absolute trash um it is i can't even remember the full name of it it's it's basically a worse version of grind where you have to kill a unit with custodies and not have any custodies unit die Right. So it's incredibly <laughs> binary. And for, and for having achieved this, instead of getting three points, you get a magical four points. Okay. So if you're going to take it, you just take grind and you've at least, you know, you can kill two units and have yeah, one die yeah. in return. Um, so that's never taken that. That's useless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be honest, that sort of, I can't remember the name of that secondary group, but that no prisoners grind group is typically the one that you don't have a problem with as custodies. That's yeah. normally the one that's fine. Mm-hmm. Custodies then have a secondary called Auric Mortalis, which is you pick your opponent's Supreme Commander, or if they don't, as a lot of armies don't have one, uh, their most expensive unit. Mm-hmm. And you get five points if they're dead, uh, 10 points if you kill them in combat, uh, 15 points if you kill them in combat outside your deployment zone. Right. And that basically comes down to what your opponent's eligible unit is going to be. Yeah. Um, against something like the Silent King, 
I've taken it to quite good success because yeah. if they want to hide him at the back, they'll hide him at the back and then he's not doing useful things. Yeah, it's just um, a, a linchpin unit like that has to come and play, doesn't it? Otherwise, it's not going to get I have a, I've, I've once made the mistake of taking it against the unit where I kind of was like, oh, well, the opponent, if they don't want to play with that unit, they don't want to play with that unit. But then they didn't play with that unit. I was kind of like, actually, you know what? I'd have rather they came and played with this unit of yeah, uh, yeah. unit Blood Angel Death Company and I could have dealt with that rather than it sat at the back of the board and then for the last couple of turns bounced up and down for, for two <laughs> turns just to deny me the points on that secondary. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the last Custodes one is Stan Vigil, which is kind mm -hmm. of, at first glance, it's a bit like the old Stranglehold, which is great. Um, you have to uh, control more of the objectives in neither player's deployment zone, but here's the kicker, at the end of the battle round. Right. So yeah. there are situations where if you go first, you will score zero. And if you score, if you go second, you will score 15. Yeah. And it's that binary. Too much variance. Yeah. The, with the solar watch builds and with the big infantry heavy builds, I have been taking it a bit more because you can actually park yourself a bit more yeah. on the center. You need, with you the need to put a full block. strangle on the objectives. And, don't you? Yeah. And, and you can sort of go, well, either I'm going to, manage it or my opponent's going to have to commit in a way that they yeah. don't want to commit that's when it becomes a strength right that it forces them to throw so much yeah. stuff to try and stop it from happening and, yeah. and then you can play the game of i hold the center and no further and i don't need to come further so mm. what are you going to do about it yeah um so those are the three custodies ones hmm. obviously so one of the really important things about custodies is that we don't tend to give up a lot of secondaries no. No. So, I mean, you think of my, uh, my, my solo watch army gives up a little bit more. If you think about my Nephilim army, I think I had two characters in it. I gave up like five uh, or well, seven points or something for bring it down. I gave up like six points for no prisoners. Um, th there was just no good picks in it um, for people to take. And so against an army, that another army that relied on you giving up some secondaries in order to pick their own secondaries, um, you know, something like often Tyranids or something like that. Um, they they really struggle. But if you came up against something that was like, I don't care what you're doing, I am picking these three secondaries, so it really doesn't matter to me, I can score them. Um, Harlequins or yeah. um, Guard to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, kind of didn't really matter. Um, and I think that's where the big difference between faction secondaries comes in, is that some yeah. factions, their secondaries, it depends what your opponent's taking as to whether yeah, or not yeah. it's a good pick. And some factions... They just don't care. No, they're just going to do their thing. Um, and and that's, that can be really tough, I think. I mean, obviously going into arcs, you've got things, you know, behind enemy lines has got better. Yeah. Single terminators have got better. Those two things in combination become interesting. Yeah. But good players can screen out there. Yeah, it's so army dependent, isn't it? There's yeah. some armies that have to leave the space, but there's also plenty that don't. Like that's, and, yeah. and again, I've, I've definitely seen cases where I've, I've scored, you know, someone took behind enemy lines against me. I made them score virtually a zero on it. I think they might have got three. I think they got one unit in at one point mm. during the game. And they were going, oh, that was a bad secondary pick. And I was going, well, it kind of wasn't. It wasn't. Yes, you didn't score well on it. But I played so differently as a result of having yeah. to leave those units to protect yeah. bits of my deployment zone. Otherwise, I wasn't really bothered about that unit dropping in uh, in my back corner. It wasn't a big deal to me. Mm. But I, you know, that that I played differently and probably in hindsight, maybe I should have actually just come forward and let you have it. So mm. I'm not sure it was necessarily a bad, a bad take against me in that respect. 
Sure. Um, but obviously that's, that's got good for, for us is that you can take these single terminators and if they leave a space, you drop them down with yeah. the fast army, like solar watch and Venetari becoming good again. That's yeah. really, this is all the things that link together all these different yeah, it all starts combining and yeah. lines works again. Um, and, and the thing is, is it great as a secondary for you? No, because you haven't got a lot of units. But with custodies, you're struggling what, with the secondaries a lot of the time anyway. So you've got to take what you can get and you, yeah. you've you got to go for something you can consistently think you can get eight points on. Yeah. And the thing about custodies is that you're not typically winning 100 to 80 something. No. You're normally winning 70 to 50. Yeah, it's a primary, you are, it's a you're primary strangle, isn't your opponent's it? Yeah. Score. You're both in primary and often in secondary. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if they're having to take things that rely on killing you. Yeah. So, and, and, and the thing is that, that, that does have its downsides. You struggle to place well within brackets in tournaments, or I do mm -hmm. anyway, mm -hmm. because I often play that sort of low scoring style. So mm -hmm. even when I'm winning the number of games I'm winning, I don't score the battle points, which is the most common tiebreaker in tournaments, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess uh, that's covered most of the ground I wanted to cover. But one one area of Cassos where I'm I am no expert and I am very curious to get your thoughts is is the Qatars actually because obviously yeah. this is this is this is like the sort of a secret source element which again I think with with really good play becomes a really powerful part of the game plan. But I was curious what at the moment in Arcs what your sort of favoured kind of sequencing and use of Qatars is in a game. So the way I normally do it is. Callistus, which is the one that lets you um, it lets you roll 2d6 for your advance and pick the highest mm. in one half of it, and in the other half it lets you advance and shoot without penalty. That's almost always going in there probably as pick one um, because the ability to push forward, get onto objectives with a bit more consistency um, is really important. And that you know, that's extremely important in Solar Watch, but even in Emperor's Chosen, you know, just the ability to push into corners on the sort of those standard five objective uh, layouts and uh, or quarters and that kind of thing, it, it's really good, you know, that yeah. being able to consistently make a nine-inch advance as opposed to, you know, or better keep a... Well, I mean, you still want to keep a CP, but you get there with a bit more consistency. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, that's often in there. If I'm relying on any sort of um, action-based secondary or um, sometimes even action-based uh, tertiary, as people call it, you know, the bombs mission, yeah. uh, take on the icons, then I like to have, I think it's Consovi, I think it's called, in that stack somewhere, often at the end of the stack, um, which lets you uh, fall back and do an action. or So fall back or advance and do an action is one half, and the other half is shoot and do an action. Mm. And that's great, you know. If you've got Sagittarium that's sitting on your back objective, and you want to be putting, you want to be shooting uh, with them, but also raising a banner and you know early doors. So sometimes that then can make its way to the front in certain certain scenarios. That can be really useful. But then at the end, to be able to fall back onto an objective, especially if you're going second or something, and put a, I don't know, put a banner up for that extra point, or yeah. put a bomb down or whatever it might be, um, that can be great. Um, and then the the third one, or sometimes the other two, if you're not taking Consovi, is really down to what the matchup is. So mm -hmm. Rendax is great against vehicles and monsters. If your opponent doesn't have vehicles or monsters, it doesn't come out. Yeah. Um, that that's probably the other one where I go: is it in? Is it out? I mean, other than that, you're kind of going: do I put uh, Captaris in to turn off melee rerolls? Where against Space Marines that are getting lots of melee rerolls, that's probably a really good thing in to have there for like one turn of no, you're not rerolling any hits against me. Um, 
the fallback thing. I, I don't like to rely on it, but it can occasionally be useful. I yeah. don't like relying on a 50% chance. Um, no, and- I think that's the thing. As, as, as a former witch player, I can tell you it, it lets you down whenever you need it yeah. to do. Especially it's really- fly where it's less than a 50% chance. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. you know what? If I can put it out on a great turn then, and I can't think of anything better to do, then sure, but mm. it's not there. And then Dakotari gives you better, well, it reduces your opponent's pylons and consolidates. That can be useful, but it's not often crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, the other half of it is that you can reduce all your damage by one on melee, um, well, reduce down to damage one in return for an extra attack. That is does occasionally go in the stack against oh, yeah. minus damage armies, because yeah, yeah. you know what, if you're going to be damage one anyway, let's at least have an extra attack per dude. Completely. Yeah. Um, but those, those sort of M1s are kind of, they're going in where I can't really think of anything I really want in there, and I'll put them in the stack, and I'll you know, if they come up at the right times, then great. But you've got trade. Well, I take Trajan. I've never run Custodies without Trajan since I got <laughs> I don't think anyone so has. Since I kind of assume out. you have Trajan in your army. <laughs> and Trajan lets you shuffle about your Katars at any point um, into a different order. So you, you kind of want to think about what order you're likely to want them in. Um, and I this is why I often think the advanced one is normally at the front of the stack because it's normally... In some situations where I'm going first or second, it's often the one I want anyway. Because, um, and then sometimes I'll switch to Consfer and sometimes I won't, and it depends what's going on and what the mission is, uh, and so on. And of course, you do also have the ability. There is a strat, and I think actually I, I lied when I, so I I talked earlier about two strats that they unnerfed and made not once mm. per game. And I think they also I think this one had been nerfed and then also got unnerfed. Okay, it's the ability to put a unit into a different Qatar. Starts uh, okay. yeah, that's, from the rest of the army, and it could yeah. be one you've already done, and so th- that can be useful for things like Consovai. Sort of, I want this this one unit only to advance and do an action because sometimes you only need one unit to be doing it. So the rest of the army can be in something else. Um, that that can be really great. Or yeah. um, that that's probably the one where it gets used most often for me because everything else is kind of it's not transformational. It's just good. Yeah, absolutely. No, that that makes sense. And I think it's, it's one of those toolkits, isn't it? Where, as you say, using that well and flexibly, um, I think is can can really level up the power a little bit of, of custodes. And yeah, they're in an interesting spot. It sounds like there's 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 definitely some good news, but there are still certain things that make it a bit of a battle. You're still trying to you've still really got to shut the opponent down, make sure they can't do what they want to do. But that new life has been breathed into all of the infantry. Really exciting. Yeah. So, um, Jamie, Jamie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. No, um, I wondered if you wanted to have any 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 plugs, any any teams you might like to shout out for. Well, I realise we haven't done that yet. <laughs> as, as you'll see, I am I am as contractually yeah. required wearing my War Masters stash. Um, <laughs> as you'll know, I play for the War Masters. Yeah. Um, we're one of the teams uh, in the UK that are doing pretty well at the moment. Oh, a fantastic um, team. Yeah. Uh, you know, really great a group of guys to play with um so shout out to all of them and you can follow us on all our socials i think we're basically at raw masters uk on uh, instagram facebook and whatever yeah. else social media nonsense that exists fantastic yeah no it's, it's good I've, i follow it and it's it's good fun and war masters are, are one of the institutions in the uk now really i'm actually i'm nagging um james and nas about coming on to do a sort of history of the team at some point i want to make a sort of teams focused series and i'd love to learn about the sort of the origins and the history yeah. of the team so maybe we'll have you back for that when when it's time that'd be I'd lovely love to come back <laughs> all right thank you so much jamie we will call it there thank you very much to everybody for listening um watch out for the golden boys they're out in force watch out for those big bricks of infantry they're coming for you and we'll see you all again soon bye-bye